that is a savior. Oh. Hallelujah. He gave us the only thing that, only one who could give us the victory. Our victory has a name. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. He came. He came in a, a born of a virgin. Come on. He was a he was a scandalous child. In other words, his birth was frowned upon because he was looked at as being illegitimate. And so Mary and Joseph couldn't have him in the house because wouldn't nobody let them in the house because they wanted to maintain their reputation. And the reputation of the Jews in Bethlehem meant we couldn't, we're not going to allow you to have an illegitimate child in our house. It wasn't they had no room in the inn, meaning they had a motel. They had no rooms at the Motel 6. It wasn't they had no room in the inn that they didn't have any rooms at the Red Roof Inn. In those times, family members would let you into their homes if you were staying or friends would let you into. Nobody would let Mary into their house because she was now carrying a child outside of marriage. Amen. And the Lord decided to come into the world under that measure of scandal. Hallelujah. And, and I believe that that says a lot to us about the depths he's willing to go to to restore us to life. I don't know about you, but I got a scandalous past. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't come to me when I came to church. But he was born in a stinking place. He, he started touching me in, 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 a, in a scandalous place. He, he started touching me in, in, in places when I was addicted and, and, and doing things I had nothing to do. I thank God that he's willing, that he trusts in his grace enough not to be worried about scandalous, scandalous people. But, but he'll show up in scandalous people's history. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but to me, he was born in a manger with a whole bunch of stinking animals and feces. That's where I saw him at first. And so we celebrate the God that's willing to include himself in our scandalous history. Just so he can brag about how good he is. Come on, you, you are God's bragging rights. Do you understand you should not be sitting up here in the condition that you're in, praising God the way that you praise God and living? It, you are God's bragging rights. Hallelujah. And so, so, so we bless the Lord that he didn't wait until we got sanctified, but he said, I'm going to include myself in the scandalous part of who you are. And I'm going to restore you. So we bless the Lord today. I... I I don't think what I have to preach today is necessarily a um, Christmas message. I kind of been in this passion 
passion. I think every message is about Christmas. I try to fix it for me, you know. <laughs> I think every message is about Christmas if it's about Christ. And so I, I want to look at some things because I, I really believe that the Lord has really allowed us to strike a chord in the heart of God and his desire for us to be um, tapped into passion of heaven. I believe that the Lord is, is, is giving us access to the passions of heaven that unlock the performance of the Lord. I believe that the promise of God is a promise of passion. And that's why when the Pentecost came, there was a fiery tongue that, that to the disciples, they, they saw fiery tongues because it's, and it sat on them. I believe the promise is a passion for God that overwhelms every lust and, 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 and every weapon that the enemy would ever send to us through the grace of that passion. And so I want to deal with, deal with passion just a little bit more. Um, and, and I'm going to come out of a different um, prophet's book. Right. I, I came out of Malachi, and I may reference that a little bit, but I want to come out of Zechariah. The Lord laid this on my heart a couple of weeks ago. Kind of let me know I would go here. Zechariah chapter 3, verse number 1. We're going to read the first five verses of Zechariah chapter 3 and verse number 1. And we're going to share some things. And, and as we're dealing with passion, we, ha we must also deal with priesthood. I want you to understand also that we need to connect the priesthood and understanding that as a believer, we're all New Testament priests. Amen. And we sprinkle the blood of Jesus from the fruit of our lips through our praise and giving thanks. Amen. J and it releases the atoning work of Christ in an atmosphere. Just like in the Old Testament, the Old Testament priests shed blood with their, the blood of animals, excuse me, with their hands. Amen. It's, it's the same thing, but yet and still it has a greater impact. Amen. It is the more excellent sacrifice. Amen. Uh, it is the more excellent sacrifice. And so, so, so we bless the Lord. I want to share these verses with you from the standpoint of us being priests. Everybody say, I'm a priest. Amen. I'm a priest. I'm, in, 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 if you're not a priest yet, then you still call to the priesthood. Amen. Every New Testament believer is a priest. And so with that in mind, <coughs> I want to go to Zechariah chapter 3 and verse number 1. And um, very, very interesting. It says here in Zechariah, the prophet, chapter number 3 and verse number 1, the Bible reads, And he showed me Joshua. He showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Everybody say angel of the Lord. Amen. Many historians and, and theologians, especially theologians, amen, believe that anytime you see the term angel of the Lord, in many cases, it now speaks of precarnate um, encounters with Jesus. Before he was born of Mary, his interaction with man in the Old Testament. Amen. Because before he was born, he was already now a son. He was a son before he was a child. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. He was a son before he was, he was a son of God from eternity's past. 
and he just came as a child to manifest grace. And so now when you say, see the angel of the Lord, in many cases, it speaks of Christ. Amen. And he said, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Right. And the Lord said unto Satan. Notice that Satan is standing at Joshua's right hand, resisting him. And Joshua doesn't speak to Satan. God does. And the Lord said to Satan, I, I think that's pretty key. Amen. Because when we're in God's presence, we don't demean his presence by giving Satan any attention. God's, God's presence is too glorious for me to be talking about what the devil's doing when I'm in God's presence. Amen. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuked thee. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuked thee. Ain't that something? Because he's God in three persons. Amen. I, I believe that this is now the father, amen, speaking of uh, the Lord, the father speaking to of the Lord, the son rebuking him because he's the one who redeemed man. He acted in in the act of sacrificing his life to re, to redeem man. So so it's pretty interesting in action. We're going to go into all that. But I'll say this again in verse number two. And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? That's powerful. <laughs> and, and now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Everybody say filthy garments. It did not say dirty garments. It said filthy garments. Literally, that word filthy means excrements. It, 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 uh, you know, it is stool. It is... You know, the best way I could say it for everybody is boo-boo. He was covered in not just dirt, but now offensive dirt that made people not even want to get close to him. Right. If you see somebody with covered in feces, not only are you going to not touch them, you're going to make sure they don't get close enough to get anything they have on you. Because not only do they have that on them, but they have the smell and everything else. And if it rubs against you, it'll get on you. So now he is dressed in, everybody say filthy garments. It's so important that we understand. Now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. Verse 5, And I said, this is Zechariah the prophet, And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head, and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Wanna, um, um, let's, we're going to just look at a few things in that text. Father, we just thank you and we bless you now. Lord God, we just pray that you would speak clearly to your people. Oh, Lord God, that surely thy kingdom come. Lord God, thank you, Father, for your kingdom realm that clears the air and releases grace for the word of God to have its complete and full impact in, the, in our lives and in our situations. We bless you and thank you right now that it is so. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. Now, I, we need to, to uh, 
approach this situation and really look at it simply because Joshua is a priest. Amen. Joshua is, and we understand that the Old Testament priest is the foreshadowing of us, the New Testament priest. Right. Right? Now, notice what it says about Joshua, um, um, what, what the prophet points out, Zechariah. The prophet now sees a vision of Joshua, who is now a priest. He sees a vision of him standing in the presence of the Lord, not only standing in the presence of the Lord, but recognized by God as a high priest while he yet has filthy garments on. Do y'all notice that? He's not yet even clothed as a priest, amen. He's still clothed in his filth. And while he doesn't even have his priestly garment on, but he's still clothed in his filth, God now acknowledges him as his priest. See, this is what we got to understand about God because God now operates in eternity and not time. Can I help you understand that? So in other words, our tomorrow is today to God. Uh, come on, our next year is now to God. He does not have to treat us like we're going to be next year. He can treat us like we're going to be next year right now because he is now a God not confined to time. Pastor, what are you saying? Saying God di didn't see us as priests when we finally turned our life around. Can I help you understand something? He did not see us as priests when we finally gave up everything we were doing wrong. We were priests in the sight of God while we were still filthy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Before we changed out of our filthy garments, uh, the Father was now already showing us the mercy of priests and giving us the blessings of priests before we ever changed our life and start living like priests. Uh, in other words, this is what I'm saying because we don't get it. Although we were still submitting to the influence of Satan and sinning, we were submitting to the influence of Satan in sin, the Lord was still rebuking Satan for trying to give us the wages of our sin. Do you understand? He said, no, 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 no. I, Satan, I don't care what you see on him. The Lord rebuke you. No, 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 but, but he's filthy. The devil is saying he's filthy and he's drinking. I don't care if he's drinking now. In two years, he's going to be my priest. And so I am going to rebuke you now and not allow you to kill him in, his, in a state of alcoholism because I'm able to treat what he's going to be in the future like it's now so I'm going to rebuke you uh, y'all hear what I'm saying so now you, we are we were in fornication and the devil wanted to kill us in our fornication do you hear what I'm saying he wanted to give us HIV in our fornication he glory he wanted us to die in a domestic dispute in our fornication he wanted us to commit suicide because of all y'all hear me because of the mental and psychological abuse of those ungodly relationships. But God stepped in and said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I don't care if they're fornicating now. I am going to cover them like a priest today. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God is able to treat our future like it's right now and he'll rebuke the devil and won't give us the wages for our acts. Can I help you understand the only reason why you're here is because the Lord 
knew you were going to be here before you knew you were going to be here. He rebuked Satan while you were in the bar, and that's why you ain't still drinking. He rebuked Satan while you were drinking and driving, and that's why you didn't die in the accident. He rebuked Satan while you were sleeping and having unprotected sex, and that's why you ain't got AIDS. It was the Lord's doing. Can I get somebody in here that thanks God that he won't allow us to get what we're doing? This is what we got to understand, and I don't think we get it. God, because he's eternal, he doesn't have to allow us to be punished based on our present condition, but is able to grant us his mercy according to our future status. Yeah, 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 that's what I want to say. He, in other words, uh, he, I was way back in the day, and while I was still in the club, I know the Lord was rebuking Satan and not allowing me to die there. While I was selling drugs, I know the Lord was rebuking. He treated me like a priest when I had crack in my pocket. Don't sit up there. He treated me like a priest when I had the gin bottle in my hand. He treated me like a priest. Glory be to God. My God, the goodness of God. While he's filthy, Satan, I'm going to still rebuke you because this is going to be my priest. I'm going to put my anointing on him. He's going to turn his life around. I'm going to snatch him out of the muck and the miry clay. And I don't care if it ain't going to happen for five years. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt now. It's because of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. Come on. So, so, so now, if you look at this, I want to look at this ver- these verses because they're so, so, so profound. Everybody say, I'm a priest. I'm a priest. Because the Lord rebuked Satan. I was never supposed to live to see this. I shouldn't be here to see this. Zechariah chapter 3, verse number 1 says this. Watch this. I'm going to read it again. And you can put it up if you don't mind. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Now, see that? And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Joshua now is in the presence of the Lord with filthy garments on. He's in, he's in the glory of God with filthy garments on. He's being touched by the presence of God in spite of his sin, in spite of his iniquity, and in spite of his hell habits. He's in the presence of the Lord. And that's why Satan is so intently opposing him. Why? Because he's attacking him with accusation. He's attacking him with shame. And he's attacking him with guilt. You don't deserve to be in God's presence. You know what you're still doing. You know how you're still living. You, no, no, 
no, no, you can't ascend to the hill of the Lord and you can't stand in this holy place because you ain't got clean hands, uh, nor do you have a pure heart. You know the devil will use the word against us. He'll use the word anytime it disqualifies us from God. Glory be to God. And so now he's in the presence of the Lord, but now he has Satan telling him you ain't supposed to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, why is that? that because this messes up and changes the whole game. This changes everything. Glory be to God. How many of you in here raise your hand the first time you experience God's presence is because you stopped sinning? Raise your hand. Oh my God. Did you experience his presence because you stopped sinning? Or was his presence to bring you to the place? Well, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. Maybe we got this thing twisted. Entering into the presence of the Lord is about passion before it's about purity. Can I say that again? We do not get in the presence of the Lord because we're pure. Glory be to God. We get into presence of the Lord because we're passionate. Uh, Satan is now, he is now buffeting Joshua. And the Bible says, Satan, the Lord rebuke you because Joshua is a brand. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because Joshua is a brand that is plucked out of the fire. Is not Joshua like a metal rod? He's talking about a metal rod. Come on, a metal rod that you use to poke, that you use to poke and stir up fire. He says, is not Joshua like a metal rod that has sat in the fire and just got pulled out and is piping hot? Oh, glory be to God. Can y'all see that? And so now a passion for, in other words, he's telling Satan, I don't care what you accuse him of. This boy got a passion for my presence. This boy want me and he wants me bad. A passion for me even though he's still in ungodliness. So now what I'm trying to tell us people of God is passion is access to presence before change takes place. Can I, can I get somebody up here? I'm here to tell you, you ain't got to change to get in the glory. You got to want God to get in the glory. There has to be a passion. Don't come in here and let the devil buffet you. My God, take every border off of your worship. Take every restraint off of your lifting of God. Because I don't, God don't care if you're filthy. Do you have fire? God don't care. He, he don't mind because we don't change to get in his presence. We're changed by his presence. I'm going to say that again. We do not change to get in his presence. We're changed by his presence. In the Old Testament, purity was the requirement to get into the presence of the Lord. But under the New Covenant, passion is the prerequisite of entering into the presence of the Lord. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? So because of Jesus' sacrifice, God doesn't require us to be pure to enter into his presence, but instead purifies us as we encounter his presence. God doesn't require perfection to enter into his presence, but passion. And as we continually encounter passion, or excuse me, presence, because of our passion, he perfects us. When God is ready to change you, he'll give you passion, not a bunch of rules. When God is ready to change you, he'll begin to give you passion for him, not a bunch of rules. And so while you're still drinking, you'll start feeling an appetite for the word. And sometimes you may even drink while you're reading the word and God is doing it. 
Now, a lot of people look at me and say, you got to be telling a lie. That's what I used to do. Glory be to God. While, while I'm still in compromising sin, there's a passion for me to worship. I start feeling a passion to experience the presence of God. I start feeling a passion to experience the touch of God while I'm yet still in compromise. And glory be to God. Why is that? Because the Lord is rebuking Satan because he's plucking us like a brand out of the fire. How do I know God is redeeming me? Because I begin to get an appetite for God and in spite of my condition, in spite of going to the club, I, I got to get in his presence. In spite of my addiction, I got to hear from God. In spite of what I'm doing, I need his touch. I want him and I want him bad, but I'm still filthy. But I'm still filthy. Now, now, now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments. And stood before the angel. He was filthy. But in the Lord's presence. Because of his passion. He's like a brand. Plucked. Out of the fire. There are certain. I'm going to make a lot of people mad. Right now. But there are times. When people who don't know God. Encounter God. Than the, more than the people who do know God. Because the people who do know God think they're getting presents because of how good they are and how much they did on the checklist. Let me tell you, none of us are good enough to deserve God's presence. That's why Jesus died to make a way to the presence to the Father. None of us qualify. You forgot you don't qualify because when you've been in his presence so much you didn't got changed, you start thinking that you now qualified yourself when in fact it was the interaction with his presence that made you who you are right now. And now you want to come in and sit on God. Now you want to act like you are now the professional believer that knows real praise and wrong praise. They in the flesh, they in the spirit. It don't take all that. What in the world are you talking about? What is going on on the inside of you? None of us got in his presence because we did anything right. How dare we judge another man or woman? And so now the woman that's going to leave and still sin is being touched by God more than the professional believers simply because they recognize uh, him who has been forgiven much. Uh, oh, I'm all in the Bible. Uh, it was a prostitute uh, that got touched by God more than all the professionals. I don't go to the club no more. That didn't get you in his presence. I don't curse no more. That didn't get you in his presence. I don't sleep around no more. That didn't get you in his presence. By the law shall no man be justified. But if I can find somebody that'll say, come Lord Jesus. If I can find somebody that says, God, if I got to die to be touched by you, I want to be touched by you. <laughs> You forgot you don't deserve what you're experiencing. You. 
So many times the unsaved get more from God than those who are supposedly saved because those who are supposedly saved actually think they're in his presence because they got clean hands and a pure heart. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It ain't got nothing to do with that. Uh, you might have got your hands clean and your heart purified in his presence, but don't you dare think uh, you clean your hands and purified your heart to deserve it. Somebody shout the blood of Jesus. If presence is by passion and not by law, we in trouble. We got to shift up some stuff. So, so now watch this. Verse 4. I want to show you something in verse 4. <laughs> The Bible says, and he answered and spake unto those that stood before him. This is God. Now, the Lord speaking to those that stand before him, angels. He's speaking to the angels about Joshua, right? I need you all to understand the picture and get it in your head. The Lord then, as Joshua, although he's filthy, is in his presence, begins to speak to the angels that stand before him about Joshua and give them instruction. And so this is what he says. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garment from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. And I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. Come on, come on. I need y'all to track that. While Joshua was in the presence of the Lord, in spite of his filth, because of passion, the Lord instructs the angels to take away his filth garments. The Lord commands the angels not to take off his filthy garments. Y'all missing it but to take away his filthy garments. I'm going to say that again. The Lord commands the angels not to take off the filthy garments, but to take away the filthy garments. Uh, can I help you understand something about the presence of the Lord and what passion taps into? When we begin to access God's presence by way of passion, we are not just given an opportunity to have a good feeling. We are not just given an opportunity to experience temporary relief. His presence brings us into a dimension where bondages and sins begin to be taken away. It's a level of presence where he no longer waits for us to give it up. He takes it from us on the spot. Can I help somebody understand what I see? Y'all missing this and y'all ain't got it yet. He said, if I could find somebody with passion, I know, I know when you lift up your hands. Come here, Bryson. I know when you lift up your hands, there's still blood in it. I know when you lift up your hands, there's still perversion in it, in this towel. I know that is. He said, but if you would have, go ahead and lift up your hand. If you would have passion for me in my presence, I'll command the angels, glory be to God, I'll command the angels, stuff that you tried to give away, but you keep on picking back up. Stuff you tried to stop, but you keep on starting again. Stuff you tried to walk away from, but you keep on walking back to. If I could just find a people passionate enough to get in my presence, I'll command the angel to take it away. I want you to try to hold it. No, no, don't let me take it. 
I want you to, I'm, I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it. Oh, What are you feeding these kids? Next time, let it go. I got to, I got to get my strength up. Amen. Now, now watch this. So what happens is, now let's wrestle with it. Amen. Uh, when I begin to praise God, amen, there's stuff that, that I want to let go of, but I can't let go of. And God says, no, 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 no. He's like a brand plucked out of the fire. How angels, I'm sending you in today. The offense that they've been trying to let go of, but they ain't been trying to let go of. While they're lifting their hands, you can let it go. You can Please let it go. I, I'm going to take it away from them. Glory be to God. The unforgiveness that they're trying to let go of, but they can't let go of. While they're worshiping me, I'm going to take it away from it. The perversion. Come on, the soul tie. Come on, the sex that they're trying to let go of. But they continue to pick it up. Angels, I'm sending you on this Sunday morning. I'm here to tell you right now, we have entered into a dimension of God's presence where he's not waiting for you to give it. He said you didn't came enough and I'm going to start taking it away. I'm taking away your bondage. I'm taking I'm taking away your addiction. I'm taking away your weight. I'm taking away your depression. Glory be to God. There is a level of presence in the house of God right now where God is taking stuff. I need somebody in here to acknowledge the God that is so good that he'll take what you refuse to give up, but you want to give up. I need somebody to praise that God. Come on, praise that God. I know there's some stuff you want. If you know there's some stuff you want to give up and you need God to come in and take it, I need you to praise God like you know it. If you know there's some stuff you've been trying to let go of, God, I've been trying to give it away. God, I tried to walk away from it. God, I've even spent a month not doing it, but I keep on going back. I'm here to tell you today, you still are in the presence of the Lord and God is declaring right now, take away the filthy garment. Take away the heaviness. Take away the depression. Take away the addiction. Take away the pornography. Take it away. My God, I need somebody. No, no, no. See, some of you don't understand. You don't understand the power when God takes it away because there's times, there's times when God, Brian, take it from me. See, what, what God did was uh, he took away alcohol from me. Amen. He took it away while, while I was in the fire of the Lord. But guess what I did? I still went back and drank again. But when I drank, it no longer had the same impact because although I had it, it had been taken away. <laughs> although anybody ever had something taken away and you still tried to go back and do it and realize it ain't in you to do it no more, he'll take it away. I need somebody to bless the God who will come in the presence that'll take it away. Thank you, Lord. 
I'm here to tell you following rules won't unlock that. I'm here to tell you trying to change this won't unlock that. I'm here to tell you trying to be good enough won't release that. God has to find a people who are like a brand, yeah, who are like a brand plucked out of the fire, a people who says yes to day and night and night and day. God, I will bless your holy name. Take away his filthy garments. When we get in God's presence, he does not necessarily always demand us to lay it down. There's a dimension of his presence where he'll take it away. And the reason why the devil fights with you in your worship so much and accuses you so much and makes you think you can't praise God like everybody else, you can't clap like everybody else, you can't shout like everybody else, because he knows if you mess around and tap in to the worship of God's presence, if you recognize that none of us are worthy to lift our hands, that none of us, including me, is worthy to clap, none of us are willing to bless him, that we're all in the same boat, then you can begin to lift him up like I lift him up, and he'll begin to take stuff from you like he took it from me. I need somebody here to recognize I will bless the Lord. I know I'm filthy. I will bless the Lord. I know I got that. I will bless the Lord. I know I'm still stuck. I will bless the Lord. His presence is my only hope. I've tried the law. His presence is my only hope. I've tried to stop. His presence is my only hope. You do not have to change to get in his presence. His presence changes us. So while, while Zechariah is in the midst of his presence, God says, start changing. He releases the angel. Go ahead, start transforming him. Go ahead, start shifting his mind and his heart. Come on, begin to bless him with righteous thoughts and righteous passions. Take it away. Watch this. Now, this is so key that we understand. Hallelujah. If you look at verse number five, I need y'all to track the text because it helps us to understand why many of us aren't experiencing the change that you have access to in the measure of presence that's in this house right now. Right. See, some of you already had things. Some of you already had changes you're waiting on still to come. I'm going to show you why. Right. Zechariah 3 verse 5. It says, and I, I, everybody say I. That's not God. That's not the Lord. That's not the angels. That is Zechariah the prophet. And I, Zechariah the prophet, after I saw God take filth off of them, said, let them set a fair miter upon his head. So they set a fair miter upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by to make sure 
the angels did what Zechariah told. Y'all missing what I... God was the one who told the angels what to take off of Joshua, but Zechariah, the prophet, was the one who told the angels what to put on them or put on him in place of what was taken off of him. Can I say it another way? The angels put on Joshua what the prophet spoke to them to put on Joshua. God did not decide what Joshua wore, the prophet did. Can I help you understand something? In the presence of the Lord, prophetic decrees become our dress. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You can clothe yourself on the declarations of prophets. After something is taken off of you, whatever's being spoken over the atmosphere is supposed to be put on you. Prophets have the power to put the glory of God on you after God takes care of the sin on you. See, I ain't got to take care of the sin on you. There was a lamb that did that. But after, after you grab the finished work of God and after God takes the sin off of you. He said, now prophet prophesy. Begin to speak over them. They're the head and not the tail. Begin to speak over them that they're above and not beneath. Begin to speak over them that they're the righteousness of God. Begin to speak over them that they're holy and without blame. Begin to speak over them that they love God with all of their heart and mind. In the presence of the Lord, Prophetic decrees become our dress. So many times, this is the problem with that. Many times, we never completely change because we define changing as stopping. Come on. Come on. I'm going to let that sit for a minute. Many times, most of us in here have never changed because we have defined changing as stopping. I don't go to the club. I stop going to the club. I stopped drinking. I stopped cursing. I stopped sleeping around. I'm changed. No, you ain't. Because all you did was take something off. Let me help you understand something. That's why people ain't changing. Because if I take off my jacket, come on. If I take this jacket off, and if I take my shirt off, I'm not going to do that. If I take my tie off and my pants off uh, and I walk in this church and say I changed, what are y'all going to tell me? No, you didn't change. You just took something off. But you ain't putting nothing on in place of what you took off. So you really ain't changed. You just stopped. Most of us have not changed. Most of us have simply stopped. And we're walking around with drawers on saying God changed me. Well, what's on you that proved that what he took off of you. He put something else in place and that's why we wind up back in bondage because we say we change and we ain't changed yet. We say that we've been transformed and we I don't go to the club no more. You ain't changed yet. I don't curse no more. You ain't changed yet. I don't drink no more. You ain't changed yet. You just took something off. What are you going to put on? Change is not stopping. I know I'm changed. I don't curse no more. Well, and do you, with the fruit of your lips, continually give God until you put continual praise on your mouth? You just you stopping cursing. You ain't. You still ain't changed. You walking around naked because you still ain't put continual praise in your mouth yet. 
right? So most of us call getting undressed changing. And then we try to show up in public naked. And tell other people how to change. Amen? So listen to me. Because we ain't done changing. It's not what you take off. You better put on something else. You better put on something else. And our mistake is we don't do that. So we wind up like that house that has demons cast out of it and it's swept clean. House is completely swept clean. Everything is in order. The problem is there's nothing in it. Do you understand one way to destroy a house is get a a bad tenant in it? That's one way, but that ain't the only way. Another way and maybe perhaps a worse way to destroy a house is to leave it unlived in. I believe the house gets tore up more that isn't lived in, more so than the house that gets lived in by a bad tenant. And so so many times what happens is we get the bad stuff out, but as there's nothing there in place of it. You you stop going to the club, but a hunger for the word ain't been put on you. You you glory be to God. You stop talking to women that you weren't married to, but a prayer life was never put on you. You 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 glory be to God. You you stop selling drugs and, and then there, but then but bowels of mercy and humility you aren't clothed in. So now you've taken off one thing but ain't put nothing in the place and so now you just become a bored believer. I want to be saved and it still be exciting. What y'all do for fun, you can, anybody that just got, you just got your soul saved. You just got saved for hell forever. And you worried about having something to do on Friday night. I already know you ain't free yet. Because you have now got stuff out of your house, but you has not put in passion, fervency, faith, fear of God, Holy Ghost. You've not put these things in your house. And so now the devil's going to come back seven times worse. Do you know why it's worse? Because now you're a house that knows what it looks like to be in order even though you're not. Now you know what it looks like to be in order, but you're not in order. So you're the one that admits you're wrong, but never changes your wrong. I know I was wrong. Well, and then next time, I know I'm wrong. You ever seen people who are still drinking say, I know I'm wrong to be drinking? They're seven times worse. They don't have one demon, they have seven. Because they know order, but yet and still they didn't align with order. So order no longer has power to convict their heart. It's worse. It's worse when you know to do right and you don't do it. Because you actually think you know something. You got seven demons in you. You know what good looks like. Yeah, I know I'm wrong. Well, why are you still doing it? I know it ain't right. Why are you still doing it? You're seven times worse. Because somehow you think, keep on saying, I know I shouldn't have did it, actually makes up for doing it when, it, when you had the opportunity to change. So many times we miss our change because we don't recognize how to honor prophetic decrees as our new dress code. Everybody follow what I'm saying? See, after the club gets taken off of us, we must begin to put on the consecration being spoken over us that we can be changed. Changing is not just 
stopping. I'm not just going to stop mourning. I'm going to change my mourning into dancing. See, a lot of y'all want to stop mourning, but you won't start dancing. So now God takes the mourning off, but you never put dancing on, so you wind up going back into mourning. Mourning is what you put on. Uh, dancing is what you put on to stop mourning. You got to change. You don't just stop mourning. You start dancing. Look at somebody and tell your neighbor, I'm about to start dancing up in here. I'm not just going to stop being heavy. I'm going to have to change into the garment of praise. I continuously want to stop being heavy, but then when heaviness gets dealt with, I never change to a person that always gives God praise, and so now the heaviness comes back because I never actually changed. I just stopped. Hallelujah. God don't just want to change us and pay the bill. He doesn't want to just pay the bill. He wants to now change us into prosperity. Amen? God now takes bondage off and gives his prophets authority to put glory on through the dress of prophetic declaration. Do you understand this is the year of the wildfire? This is the year that we burn and our fire never goes out. This is the year where bondage ain't got a, ch a chance. Uh, bondage that comes our way is like a piece of paper to a fire pit. Uh, every bondage to try to jump on me is like a piece of paper being thrown into a fire pit. It's burned up in the heat of the passion that I'm operating in in God. This is the year of the wildfire where you don't spend one day bound. You don't spend one day depressed. You don't spend one day defeated, but increase upward and forward. Not one day of your life will you spin in lack. Not one day of this, of this year will you spin in defeat. Now, I don't care how much, how much has happened and, and come off of you this year. Next year will be like this year if you don't learn how to put that stuff on. I ain't just saying that. You ain't wearing nothing. That stuff has to be worn. Hallelujah. Come on, we take the borders off of our worship. Anybody know that? No, no. How many of you are going to wear that? See, a lot of people don't understand. If, if A part of your freedom is putting that on. If you don't take the borders of your worship, then situations that will happen that will choke your worship. The reason why your worship can still be choked is because you never put on the, taking the borders off of your worship. And so now when hell breaks loose, you still can't praise God through it because you never took the borders and wore take the borders off of your worship. The Lord shall be magnified beyond the borders. Borders, yeah, beyond the borders of Israel. If I now am willing to worship God outside of my boundaries, I'll be able to worship God out of my bondage. Y'all hear the reason why I gotta take limits off of your worship and take boundaries because you're gonna be in stuff that wants to bring you in bondage. And so now your job is to make sure if I don't bless them in the morning, I'm taking the borders off and I'm blessing them in the morning. If I don't bless him before I go to bed. I'm taking the borders off and I'm blessing him before I go to bed. If when me and my spouse ain't getting along, I don't bless him. I'm taking the borders off of my worship and make sure I get off my myself after we fall out to bless the Lord. You're not changed until you wear what is supposed to be in place of what you took off. You can tell your neighbor, we can change this year. Yes, 
God, God takes bondage off and gives his prophets authority to put glory on through the dress of prophetic declaration. Hallelujah. There's glory on your life. Do you understand that? This year, you are not going to survive. You're going to release life into people who are dying. God has given you a heart that he can trust to be multiplied in other people. God is going to allow you to give your heart to other people because your heart is so much like his. When you speak, men are going to hear God. When you speak, women are going to hear God. When you pray, God is going to now say yes and amen. Ask and you shall receive. Glory be to God. And there will not be time lapses. God said expect it immediately. There is now a now move of God. The new is actually now in your life. And so now it's not up to whether or not, glory be to God, that's going to happen. It's up to whether or not you wear it. You wear it. It would have been foolish for Zachariah to look and say, ooh, look at all the stuff that was taken off of me and go move on and think, I'm just free. No, no, now you got to sit and honor. God will never allow us not to honor prophetic declarations. He'll always send his voice through men because so we won't get so deep to think that we could just, God is always going to make sure there is some type of way he speaks something prophetically to, make, to help us to understand we can't just, so then God takes off the sin and he steps aside. He said, prophet speak. He steps aside and says, begin to decree what thus saith the Lord. And the angels begin to put on him based off of what the prophet declares, put a fair mitre on his head. It, ain't that so beautiful? That prophet may have told them the, the robe of the priest. That the mitre was now the headdress of the priest. But isn't it so powerful that the, all the prophet had to do to dress Zechariah was put the right thing on his head. Right. Nothing else. Just give them. See, what I didn't, I did not put anything on your body. Everything I decreed was for your head. And if you just put it on your head, you'll be able to wear it with your life. No, 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 no. You're not going to spend one day defeated. If you would just put that on your head, you can wear it on your life. Amen. The prophetic declaration is to cause us to rearrange the way we think. Amen? So watch this. <clears throat> he goes on. Now, I, I want to jump back a little bit. Everybody say, brand out of the fire. Somebody say, I was born for the fire. Come on, I was born to be, I'm, I was born for the fire. Now, now watch this. God says something in the previous text about the fire that's so, so profound that matches up with why Joshua was chosen. See, one thing we got to understand is we cannot judge any book by its cover. You know why? Because there's priests that are still filthy. And it'll be a shame for us to call somebody a prostitute while God is calling them a priest. It'll be a shame for us to call somebody a drug addict while God is calling them a priest. 
it would be a shame for us to call somebody a pervert that God is calling a priest. So now we know no man. God. See, our problem is we try to just know believers not after the flesh. God didn't say that. He said, no, no man after the flesh. Don't even know your cursing, womanizing boss after the flesh. Ask God, God, give me your eyes to see this man like, like you see this man because he may be a priest dressed in filthy garments. And if I assume what he is, then it'll hinder my ability to minister to him. There's certain things I won't say to him because I've assumed what type of person he is and now ministry can't go forth for him because I just think he is a, he is ungodly he is a, he smoke and he drink I don't want to be around him what if he's dressed in filthy garments uh, and his name is Joshua what if he's dressed in adultery and his name is Joshua what if he what if he's dressed in dishonor and his name is Joshua So there are now Joshua's. Mm. There are now Joshua's who don't know that they are priests because now the Zacharias are now um, um, deciding who these people are or assuming who they are by their outward man. No, no man after the flesh. You better thank God God didn't know us after the flesh. You better thank God that God did not deal with us after our flesh. And he said the same thing I did to you. I'm here to tell you right now, God is unlocking your witness right now. He's unlo There are people that you ain't even talked to and you've been working at that job for two years that God is going to give you a word for and, and it's going to unlock not salvation in their life next week. No more assumptions. No more assumptions. So, so. So now, look at this. Zechariah 2, verse number 1. You know what we do if we want to see whether or not God's hand is on somebody's life? You know what we need to do? We don't need to give them the law. We need to bring them into his presence. I don't care. I don't care how gone somebody is or they seem to be. If you bring, I don't care if it's the party. I've seen jokers with tattoos all over their face. Come on. People who you wouldn't even want to look in the eyes because they got murder in their eyeballs. Sit in the presence of the Lord and begin to weep like children. I'm talking about, no, 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 no. So, so, so now what we do is we tell them, man, you need to stop this and change that. But that ain't what's going to change them. But if we cultivate an atmosphere where God's presence is always here, glory be to God. And now I, I need to, or God's presence is always on me. And I now bring him into the atmosphere. And I'm here to tell you, if God begins to break men and women that we we don't know until God's presence shows up. And there's parts of their heart that has never been touched before. Glory be to God. See, there's still virgin parts of people's hearts that have never been touched by God yet. Although they're impure, there's parts of their heart that are virgin. It's never been touched by God before. And so you don't know if they can be touched until you bring them into a place that where God can touch them like nobody else 
else can touch them. And if they begin to break in that presence, I don't care how bad they are, that's a brand that's been plucked out of the fire. That's a Joshua that God is going to raise up to lead a fiery nation of men and women of God. Look at this. That's a change of mindset, ain't it? It's a change of mindset. See, some of you all, some of you all, you, what's about to be crazy is there's about to be 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old boys that the reason why some of you and girls, that the reason why some of you are not being touched by God because you trying to be like them. You want to fit in with them. And they're going to come in with braids. They're going to come in with Timberlands. They're going to they gonna be in middle school with tattoos on their arms. And they're going to sit in those same places with their hands lifted and water streaming down their face saying, God, I want whatever it is that I'm being touched with while I'm here. And you're going to look at them and wonder why in the world are you acting like that and we've been here the whole time because you don't understand. You have not. Don't ever dare take for granted the presence of God. I'm here and they're going to make you jealous. They're going to be people that you were trying to be a player like that don't want to be a player no more. They're going, y'all you hear what I'm saying? They're going to be people that you were trying to look juicy like that understand looking juicy is selling myself cheap and I want to be valued by God and they're going to come here and be touched by God in ways in the same atmosphere you're no longer being touched by God to wake you up I'm prophesying right now see God is going to have enough Mercy on you to cause a boy to come up in here, big, strong, tattooed up, and everybody think they cool. And they're going to look at you sitting down, stand up on their feet, and begin to bless the Lord. And God is going to do that to show mercy on you because you're so busy trying to fit in with what you're called to raise up. You ain't called to fit in. You're called to raise them up. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priest. They're going to come in here and they're going to show you what's happening that you have now so taken for And they're going to do what you were supposed to be anointed to do at your school. That's going to happen this year. I'm here to tell you, it's going to be jokers on this praise team. It's going to be young girls and young boys that they gave up in in school. Uh, there's going to be young boys and young girls that do nothing but get written up and are going to come here. And this is going to be the only place where they feel like somebody loves them, where they feel the value of God, where they begin to understand that my life is more than my write-ups and my life is more than being somebody's juicy. I'm here to tell you it's going to happen in this house. And the thing is, 
you're going to have to follow somebody instead of lead somebody because you had to wait for somebody else to do what you already knew was right. I hope y'all hear. I hope you hear what you're supposed to be leading this and you're going to have to follow it because you're so busy trying to follow instead of understand God raised you to lead. This glory in here is to raise you up. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I'm going to show you something that's so, so profound. Hallelujah. I feel the spirit of prophecy. I'm telling you, there's some stuff that's about to come through those doors that smell like weed. But every time the glory falls, they're going to be on their face. We're about to watch God change jokers with blunt marks on their fingers, lips black because they smoke every day. We're about to watch God who they came in with their eyes this tight. And we're going to watch God open their eyes up again. Who who, who literally, you're going to see them that all they would wear was Timberlands and blue jeans. And they're going to want to start putting on ties. And they're going to want to start putting on suits. And it's not because you got to dress up for church. But there's something in them that changes and saying, I want to put something else on my life. Pastor, how can you testify that? Because I was that young man. Because I was that young man with braids in his hair. I was that young man with Timberlands on his feet. I was that young man with blue jeans on for church. And God did it to me. It's now. It's now. I'm here to tell you, Mike Poole, Ryan Scott, Edwin Mills, Dwayne Bird, Jermaine Mills, glory be to God, Tracy Simmons. I need you to invite every joker that's on probation. I need you to, every individual on house arrest, every joker still running the streets. If they slanging drugs, those are the ones God wants. If they still got dope in their pocket in church, bring them. If they still got liquor on their breath Sunday morning from Saturday night, bring them. I'm here to tell you right now, they are the Joshua's. Our problem is we want a whole bunch of good church folk and church folk don't know how to honor the presence. I want some people that's being touched by a love that they never felt from their daddy. I need some people that's being touched by a nurturing they never felt from their mama. God, I feel the prophetic. Don't you dare pass them by because they run in the street. Those are the Joshua's with filthy garments on. I'm here to tell you there's a presence smacking this house even as I preach that's going to watch us, them, be changed right in front of our eyes. Right in front of our eyes. We're going to watch God take crack out of their mouth. Right in front of our eyes. We're going to watch drugs be taken out of their pocket. Right in front. And... and and the Lord's going to stand by. I'm hoping somebody, I'm glorious remnant. I'm trying to get you to wear it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Put this word on. 
Shana. Shekendi. Come on, somebody bless them for what's coming now. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you our church will not be full of folks from another person's church. Our church is going to be full of folks from the halfway house. Our church is going to be full of folks from the crack alleys. Our church is going to be full of folk. There's another presence in the room. It is not to get folks to like our style of church. It's power to change men and women's lives. Somebody shout passion. Somebody shout presence. I need you to start inviting the most unlikely suspects. I need you to start telling them the folk that look the least likely to ever be changed by God. God do not want you to choose the good church folk that know how to stand up during praise and worship. He wants you to choose the folk who won't stand up until God hits their heart in such a way. They say, I don't even know what this is, but it's hitting my There's something else happening right now. There's something else God is doing right now. There is a presence of God that we're tapping into. There's a transformative dimension. God is releasing upon glorious remnant revival community even on this Sunday morning that won't allow me to move because God said the reason why I'm not going to let Jeremiah stop prophesying is because I'm doing this right now. I'm here to tell you by Wednesday, by next Sunday, by next week, is happening now. The new is now. Demars, go back to that halfway house and bring every last one of them. They're the Joshua's. Come on, can you feel the prophetic weight of God? Come on, can you feel the prophetic presence of God saying yes and amen to that? I, I need you, I need you not to worship God for you, but for the molested woman that has been molested since she's been five and six years old, who is now 26 and has a spirit of perversion on her where she sleeps with multiple men every day. God, bring her in this house. I need somebody to worship God for that woman. I need somebody to worship God for the molested boy that because that boy was molested, he thinks he's a girl and still puts on makeup and high heel pumps. I ain't talking about worship God for you. I need you to worship God for him so God will send him through those doors. There's something new in this house. God said, I'm warning you now. I'm sending Joshua's that have on filthy garments. They're still going to accidentally curse in front of you. I'm sending Joshua's that still have on filthy garments. They're still going to do stupid stuff. I'm sending Joshua's that have on filthy 
Come on, can you feel it? Even now, even now, even now. Same-sex couples are coming through those doors. I need you to worship God because even though they're in a same-sex marriage right now, they're Joshua's. God, I need y'all. We got to shift some stuff up in here. There is a glory that's given us access to a greater glory. Come on, can you feel that? Can you feel that? I ain't just talking about the homeless Joshua's. I'm talking about your CEO boss, your six-figure earning boss that's lost and that you don't think wants to hear what you got to say because they got more money than you. But now I need you, Joshua, to see that it profits not to gain the world and lose your soul. Rise up, Zechariah. Look at the Joshua's. Begin to prophesy over their life. There's a Zechariah glory on us right now to be able to see men as priests while they're still filthy. It's hitting the house. This realm of worship will increase, but the next dimension will be the women who come in and the men who come in that know they don't even deserve to be breathing right now. They're gonna break their alabaster boxes. I'm here to tell you, church is gonna start lasting till two because if it's a woman who's went seven days without sleeping with a man and she refuses to do anything but dance before the Lord because she thought she would do that for the rest of her life. We're going to have to let her dance for 45 minutes. There's a man coming through those doors that for the last two years, every day, suicide told him to kill himself. That's going to run around this church for an hour. Because he's went three days without feeling like taking his own life. I'm here to tell you something is about to hit the house. It's the transformative power of God. Glorious remnant, we wear that. Let me tell you something right now. They are not going to come because we run church so well. The prostitute is not coming because we have a great children's church staff. 
They're going to come because I feel the presence of God. There's something when I come through those doors that I know God is touching and changing my heart. We are not going to spend our time trying to design church to impress church people. And glorious remnant revival communities shall be inhabited as a city without walls for the multitude of men. Read, read Zechariah 2. Glorious remnant revival community shall be inhabited as a city without walls. For I shall be the walls of, fi walls of fire for her. Come on, can you feel that in your spirit? You were created for that. That's why it hits you. Your life was created to cause people to live. Your life was created to impact humanity for the good. You're, you were born for that moment. You were born for this anointing. You were created for this. You were called by your mouth to rebuke devils. You were called by your mouth to lay hands on the sick. That's who you are. That's in your DNA. My God, you were born for this. Can you feel it? There shall be testimonies at the testimony of men and women who confess I just came and I was going to kill myself when I left. But something happened when I came that told me I could live. I bought a gun for it. I, and, and that literally you're going to have people handing their guns over to you. Because the only reason why they bought it was because they were going to blow their own brains out. But something happened when they came into glory. Come on, you were born for that. Matthew, do you understand you were born for that? You were born to influence men's heart just like that. I sense the Lord wants us to put this on today. I ain't going to preach no more. I sense this, this is what we got to wear. Because this is happening now. Chandama. The Lord shall be magnified beyond the borders of Israel. Yes. 